0: Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Welcome back to the Genesis Podcast. This is Genesis chapter 29. This is going to be about the marriage between Jacob and Rachel. Uh, Nice little love story here. Now remember um, before when we talked about Jacob receiving his blessing from his father Isaac and how he tricked him. Remember that the problem that Isaac had was that he couldn't see very well. And so that same theme is going to weave itself through this particular chapter too. So pay attention close as as we get into this one. All right, Genesis 29, verse 1. Then Jacob went on his journey and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked and behold a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the well's mouth, and watered the sheep, and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in its place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, from whence are ye? And they said, From Haran. And he said unto them, Know ye Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And and they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, cometh with the sheep. And he said, Lo, it is yet high day. Neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water ye the sheep and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the Samaritan and the Septuagint, the shepherd's flocks, be gathered together. Until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. And while he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, and she kept, for she kept them. And it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So this is in reverse to what Rebecca did for the servant. Remember that Rebecca watered the camels. Here um, Jacob is watering the sheep for Rachel. Verse 11, And Jacob kissed Rachel, kind of forward, I guess. Maybe this was a family custom, or maybe they were French. And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass, when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and, and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldst thou therefore serve me for naught, tell me, what shall thy wages be? So this is from Alfred Edersheim, which I like. I guess you've noticed that by now. A lot of the things I've quoted are from him. No further incident worth recording occurred till Jacob reached the end of his journey in the land of the people of the east. Here he found himself at a well where, contrary to the usual custom, three flocks were already in waiting long before the usual evening time for watering them. Professor Robinson has made this personal observation helpful to our understanding of the circumstances. Over most of the cisterns is laid a broad and thick flat stone with a round hole cut in the middle forming the mouth of the cistern. This hole we found in many cases covered with a heavy stone which it would require two or three men to roll away. We know not whether these flocks were kept waiting till sufficient men had come to roll away the stone, or whether it was the custom to delay till all the flocks had arrived. At any rate, when Jacob had had ascertained that the flocks were from Haran, and that the shepherds knew Laban, the brother of Rebekah, and when he saw the fair Rachel, his own cousin, coming with her flock, he rolled away the stone himself, watered his uncle's sheep, and in the warmth of his feelings at, at finding himself not only at the goal of his journey, but apparently God directed to her whose very appearance could win his affections, he embraced his cousin. Even in this little trait, the attentive observer of Jacob's natural character will not fail to recognize the haste with which he always anticipated God's leadings. When Laban, Rachel's father, came to hear of all the circumstances, he received Jacob as his relative, A month's trial more than confirmed in the mind of that selfish, covetous man the favorable impression of Jacob's possible use to him as a shepherd, which his first energetic interference at the well must have produced. With that apparent frankness and show of liberality under, under which cunning, selfish people so often disguise their dishonest purposes, Laban urged upon Jacob to name his own wages. Jacob had learned to love Rachel after only a month, quick uh, quick dating here. Laban's younger daughter, without consulting the mind of God in the matter, he now proposed to serve Laban seven years for her hand. This was just the period during which among the Hebrews, a, Jew- a Jewish slave had to serve. In short, he proposed becoming a bondsman for Rachel with the same well-feigned candor as before. Laban agreed, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man, to a stranger. The bargain thus to sell his daughter was not one founded on the customs of the time, and Laban's daughters themselves felt the degradation which they could not resist, as appears from their after-statement, when agreeing to flee from their father's home, are we not counted to him strangers, for he had sold us. Wow, Laban's not treating his kids very well, is he? And Laban had two daughters, the name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. The Hebrew word translated as tender means soft, delicate, or lovely. The fact that this trait is emphasized for Leah, while Rachel is described as beautiful and well-favored, that is, beautiful in every respect, seems to suggest that Leah's eyes (laughs) were her most attractive feature. Oh my goodness, that's not good. That was from the Institute Manual. Verse 18, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give unto me my wife, that I may go and take her, for my days of serving thee are fulfilled. And Laban gave her to Jacob, and gathered together all the men of the place, and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening, notice that it's dark time, so uh, Jacob is having a, will have some difficulty seeing, remember that his father also couldn't see very well, that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and she went in and slept with him. So he marries Leah instead by deception. Now you wonder where's, uh, where's um, Rachel, I guess, if the, if the father or the brother here says you got to do it, you got to do it. And Laban gave her, gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his handmaid, to be a handmaid for her. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore, then hast thou beguiled me. So, so Rachel and Leah are, are somewhat responsible here too because they don't say anything. Uh, but maybe the, the women are, are more beholden to the men as they, rather than, than how it is today, that a woman would stand up for herself, but in this case they don't. The modern reader may find it hard to believe that Jacob did not discover the switch until it was morning. However, the following possibilities could explain the success of Laban's ruse. As sisters, Rachel and Leah may have been quite similar in height, weight, and general appearance. Second, the women of Haran sometimes veiled themselves themselves Third, Laban was a shepherd. If he was a typical shepherd of ancient times, he dwelt in tents instead of in permanent dwellings. The inside of a tent at night can be very dark. And finally, knowing what the reaction of Jacob would be if he discovered the substitution early, Laban may have told Leah to speak as little as possible so as not to give the deception away before it was too late to change it. So I'm just wondering, where was Rachel during all of this? Maybe she was confined to the tent of her father or something. Uh, But she was certainly obedient, uh, but not necessarily her will, maybe. Verse 26, And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. That would have been good information for Jacob to have known, I think. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. And Laban gave Rachel, his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also and slept with Rachel, and he loved Rachel also more than Leah, and served with Laban yet seven other years. So Leah and Rachel were the first cousins of Jacob. The period of Jacob's servitude seemed to him rapidly to pass, and at the end of the seven years he claimed his bride. But now Jacob was to express was to experience how his sin had found him out, as he had deceived his father, so Laban now deceived him. Taking advantage of the eastern custom that a bride was always brought to, her husband veiled. He substituted for Rachel her elder sister, Leah. But as formerly, God had, all unknown to them, overruled the error and sin of Isaac and of Jacob. So he did now also in the case of Laban and Jacob. For Leah was, so far as we can judge, the one whom God had intended for Jacob, though, for the sake of her beauty, he had preferred Rachel. From Leah sprang Judah, in whose line the promise to Abraham was to be fulfilled. Leah, as we shall see in the sequel, feared and served Jehovah, while Rachel was attached to the superstitions of her father's house. That may not necessarily be true. And even the natural character of the elder sister fitted her better for her new calling than that of the somewhat petulant, peevish, and self-willed, though beautiful younger daughter of Laban. As for the author of this deception, Laban, he shielded himself behind the pretense of a national custom, not to give away a younger before a firstborn sister, but he readily proposed to give to Jacob Rachel also in return for other seven years of service. Jacob consented, and the second union was celebrated immediately upon the close of Leah's marriage festivities, which in the East generally last for a week. It were an entire mistake to infer from the silence of Scripture that this double marriage of Jacob received divine approbation, as always, scripture states facts but makes no comment. That sufficiently appears from the lifelong sorrow and disgrace and trials, which in the retributive providence of God followed as the consequence of this double union. I don't think that this was disapproved by God. I think God was in favor of of this marriage of both Rachel and Leah. Verse 31, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, that's not an exact, let me read that. The Hebrew word sane, which does not mean hate as the term is used today, but rather conveys the idea of loving less. A better translation would be, when the Lord saw that Leah was loved less or was not as favored, he opened her womb, uh, and so he's making making Leah more favorable in the eyes of Jacob because she's going to have children. But Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, which means, look, a son. For she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon, which means hearing. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi, which means joined or pledged. And she conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she she called his name Judah, and left bearing. So these are the first four sons that Leah has. She'll have some more later, but these are the only ones that she has at this point. I bear testimony of the truth of these things and that some of these Old Testament stories are are different than what we would expect in our day. And certainly you have to understand what's going on with the customs to understand some of this stuff. I bear testimony of the truth of the scriptures in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.